Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining me on a new week of Invisible Not Broken. Today, I'm talking to a very dear friend, Colleen, about her husband who has Stargardt's disease. Listen for the way that they plan as a family for finances and for travel, how denial is not always the worst thing, and how she knows if she hasn't been taking enough time for herself. Hint, there is the perfect noise that she makes for the I just can't deal with it anymore. Thank you so much for listening to Invisible Not Broken, and please remember to share us with a friend. Okay, my name is Colleen White, and I caregive for my husband who has Stargardt's disease. And um, this is a retinal degenerative disease where the retina of his eyes um, will slowly degrade and he'll go blind. So for all of us who are still really bad at biology, retina is what part of the eye? The retina is the back part of the eye that the light lands on, okay. and that actually converts the light signal into nerve impulses so that your brain can determine what you're seeing. And um, Stargardt's disease is a genetically recessive disease that um, is the number one cause of blindness in adolescents and children. And uh, for whatever reason, my husband has a very, very slow progressive disease. So we didn't really find out about him having this vision blindness issue um, till about about mm, seven years ago. Wow, and so since this was in his family, was there anyone else in his family who've been affected by this? Or Well, we didn't think, he didn't think of anybody, but then he remembers like a great uncle somewhere way back in the wow. other reaches that, that was blind, but we don't know why that person was blind. So it, it came as a real surprise to everyone, especially his parents, because it's a genetically passed on disease and it's recessive. So that means both the mother and the father had to give him a copy of the gene to make it be seen, that be, is... be to manifest. Like, what know. randomness it's in so the world. Like... Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and it was even more random than that in, in that, you know, at the time our daughter was... I think she was like less than a year old, nine months or so. And um, we were both starting to find a new equilibrium as a family. And I had encouraged him to start taking taking on some hobbies. Yeah. And one of the hobbies that he loved doing when he was a kid growing up in the northern Canada was to go uh, shooting with his father. And so he started going to the shooting range and he bought all this gear and you know started driving down and finding places that he can go shooting. And, and then he started realizing that he had a hard time, like he could shoot really, really well down low on the horizon, but as the skeet went up higher to where it was the central place where most people have a great time shooting it, he would lose track of it. Wow. Yeah. So as it's degenerating, it's just, it's, it will affect different parts of his field of vision? Yeah, so I I refer to it as like donut vision. So his peripheral vision, right on the edges, will remain intact. Wow. Perfect. And then there's a part of the, the retina that's called the fovea. That's the most concentrated, and it's just off-center. And that will... And I don't remember if that's the last to degenerate or he may have it mostly spared. And that's what you use to read. Wow. And so everything between the periphery and the fovea will just um, 
go blurry for him. And the brain's an amazing thing because what'll happen is if he's looking at a static field and he can move his head around, then his brain will get the picture and then it'll look normal to him. That's awesome. I, right? <laughs> it's just almost like a blessing in that your brain is so smart that it can like not leave these blank holes. Right. You'll just, you'll get fuzziness. Yeah. You just get fuzziness where something's not quite being seen, but the brain will fill it in. What happens is, is that if the environment changes and depending on where he catches it, unfortunately, his periphery is really good. I mean, amazingly good that as something moves into the field. So my husband's eyes, they'll, they call it donut vision and the eyes will fill in the spaces. So it'll be blurry and, but he'll catch things as they come into the periphery. But then, so like say if he's driving mm -hmm. and a dog runs out into the street, he'll see the dog coming from his peripheral vision and then it just disappears. Wow. Okay. So I know this is a slow acting thing. Has he given up driving or is he still able to drive? So we had to make a family decision after a couple of scary incidences yeah. that he has to not drive at night. How did that conversation go, if you don't mind me asking? Well, we were, um, <laughs> he, we were visiting some friends, and um, I do most of the driving anyways, mm -hmm. especially when we're in an unfamiliar area. But this was sort of a familiar area where we were visiting my friends, and we needed him just for logistics, he drove home from where we were that night, and we had got, he'd gone and stayed later, and we had left earlier, and blah, 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 blah. And he ran into the median. Wow. In the rental car. Fortunately, he wasn't going very fast, and fortunately, you know, fortunately, fortunately, he was able to pull over to the side, and he called us, and it was a rental car that we had paid all the insurance on, so we just called them, and they picked it up and dropped off a new car, and no big deal, but then because we were at my friends and their doctors, my friend was like, okay, you're not gonna be able to drive anymore. I'm gonna have to report you. Wow, but I mean, that's almost like a mercy that you didn't have to bring it up yeah. or. Yeah. That's, I mean, that was a hard discussion that my husband had with me about driving and yes. that my parents weighed in on me driving. Like that's a hard thing to give up as an adult. Yeah, well, fortunately, we're only at the point where um, it's nighttime. Mm -hmm. And um, and we can we can manage. I mean, there's things like he can't do guys' night out. Um, you know, going up to the city, we have to kind of think about logistics. Uh, for him, Uber has been a blessing. Yes, as much as I hate that company, like I, for all of us sick people, oh my god, Uber yeah. or Lyft or Lyft. <laughs> you know, my husband's got both apps and he does both of them because you know he hates the Uber increase in prices. And it's <laughs> peak times, I think, is what the, yeah. the deal is. And or you know, if there's an emergency. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. It's, oh gosh. Um, yeah. So so we use Uber for things, um, but yeah, I think my husband took it well. Um, he probably felt more uncomfortable, uh, long before we had to have the conversation. Okay. Yeah. So we had already kind of, um, transitioned to me doing primary driving, especially at night because it was just hard for him. Um, his eyes don't respond very quickly to changes in light. So for example, um, if the oncoming cars have lights, they shine activate his retinas and they all, you know, how our pupils, mm -hmm. they shrink immediately, um, 
that your eyes get washed out, you shrink down, and then you can respond to it. So my husband's eyes react so slowly that he's he literally cannot see anything for like 30 seconds. Wow, and 30 seconds is an eternity when driving. <laughs> when driving, especially at night, and you know, I think that's what happened. Just, you know, there was somebody with their headlights and washed out his eyes and um in this part of the town where he was driving, it has this big median, and then the median disappeared for turn lanes, and then it would come back. And, you know, my husband loves to braille drive, and he literally braille drives. <laughs> uh, that's a little frightening. <laughs> <laughs> he literally follows those bumps, man, sometimes. <laughs> you know, so, so things like tunnels would throw him off during the yeah. daytime. Things like a long drive through the redwoods, the dappled light. He can't handle it when it goes light, dark, light, dark, light, dark, light, dark. His eyes just can't keep up with it. Now, you have a fairly young daughter. Yes. Has this been a discussion in your family, or is this thing that doesn't hasn't been bridged yet? We talk about how daddy's eyes aren't very good. Okay. Um, yeah, we talk about how they're not very good, and you know, and she's still young enough that it she's not quite comprehending it. But we're now at a stage where, and she's eight, where. Um, you know, we're, I'm trying to get her to, you know, be more of a helper. Yeah. Right? And um, help me out. And that's great for all kids. <laughs> yes, it's great for all kids. And it's really super easy because we just have one little miracle. And it's it's so easy to just kind of... It's such like, a miracle. She's she, fantastic. She's such a sparkle. <laughs> she is. She is. And, um, you know, so it's easy to... Spoiler, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's not a spoiled kid. That no, is a very no. conscientious, She's lovely very conscientious. critter. <laughs> yeah, but she doesn't like having to make her bed. But what well, kid does? <laughs> I still haven't mastered that. <laughs> so this isn't something that you are. As far as things that you have to deal with every day, is this an something that that is something you have to think for every day, or is that not where you're at yet? I we're not there yet. Um, we do. I. I. You know. I. I was thinking about this because when you asked me to come for this conversation and I was like, okay, so what, what really does drive me at this point? Because my husband's pretty independent, especially during the day. But what it does is, is it really kind of drives a lot of our decision making in the, in the day to day and in the long term. So we do things like, so my husband's an entrepreneur and, you know, we're very blessed that he's a good entrepreneur. And he, he, very. <laughs> yeah, and he works very, very hard, and he loves it. Mm-hmm. And he builds machines, and he sells machines, and he just is on fire for it. And um, and he recently started a new company, and so he took the opportunity with this new company to relocate so that his offices are within a mile from the house. Oh, wow. So he can walk. Brilliant. Especially in the wintertime when it's dark at 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock. Right? So I don't have to worry about him driving home on the freeways. <sighs> you know, even though his last office was uh, just two miles away, you know, and it's a straight shot and, you know, he knows the route, there's there's always a dog that can run into the road. Or, you know, and people I feel like are getting crazier and crazier and driving around in this area. Mm-hmm. And, um, and people are a lot more aggressive. And my husband drives aggressive too. And... So, so, so on the day to day, I think it just affects what our decisions are. So we do things like we're more aggressive with our investments and we're more aggressive with things that we love to do, Mm -hmm. like travel. 
Which has been so much fun as your friend <laughs> to watch you guys just take off. See the world. Like yeah. I'm so I'm like half insanely jealous and half just so amazed. Yeah. So it was partly his Vision, vision that you wanted him to. Yeah, I mean, when we met, we we met at the international terminal at at San Francisco Airport. You guys have a very cute, like meet cute story. It's very rom com. It's very rom com. It's wonderful, but you know that lays the foundation that we loved international travel, and we've been fortunate that we've been able to basically every almost every year of my daughter's life take her internationally, right? And she now is able to brag that she's been on every continent except for the Antarctica. That is an awesome thing to say as yeah. a kid. Yeah. And that's really interesting about how you choose your, your long-term plans. Do you have any other long-term plans that are... Yeah, so I'm always, you know, I'm always on a mission to kind of keep our life really simple, right? Keep our stuff pared down. It's, I mean, we, we have clutter like everybody else, um, even more so sometimes, I feel. But we try and keep things decluttered because my husband can't see anything when he opens a drawer. I try and put things back in the refrigerator in the same places. And, you know, so that when he opens a refrigerator, you know, he, he kind of pays it. He can find what he's looking for. Like the eggs are always on the right hand side and the, you know, the milk is always on this shelf and the, the condiments are here and the meats are there and the produce, you know, you know, and so it, my husband may not actually pay attention to these things, <laughs> but they I think they help him without him realizing it. And so a lot of what I do is spin plates in the background so that it, it makes it easier for my husband. And at this point, I mean, other than him, you know, giving it 110% building his company so that, you know, basically... He's got, we figure he's got about 10 more years Mm -hmm. before his, you know, or less. We're not really sure when. We've been fortunate in the last couple of years. um, He's been taking some anti-inflammatories that seem to have slowed slowed down the progression Mm -hmm. of his disease. Even though there's no treatment, there's no cure. You know, we've done some research and we found like the turmeric extract, curcumin. Um, We think it's been slowing it down. So, um, but honestly... I think his eyes are deteriorating more than he's willing to let on sometimes. Well, we just talked before we started about the wonderful, and I don't say this sarcastically, a world of denial. That yes. Denial is not always the worst thing in the world. Yes. It you can know, be a coping mechanism. It, you know, not only is it a coping mechanism, but it, and I didn't realize the power of, of it until, so when my husband was diagnosed and we we ran around and we got in touch with this amazing group called the Foundation Fighting Blindness, and we donate to them generously, and they focus on retinal degenerative diseases and research and funding research for these for these diseases, and they have a walk and and you can reach out to them and they can help you find people with Stargardt's and so, you know, we had to just because we're like, well, what's this? what's this going to be like? Mm-hmm. And we we found a few people in the area here that my husband can meet and then that I can meet. Um, and, you know, and there was one that I met with my husband and, you know, he talked about how he mostly lives in denial. And 
And my husband's like, see, see, as he's like slapping me on the thigh. He's like, see, denial works, denial works. And I'm like, okay, 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 okay. You can, you can have your denial. It's fine. We'll, you know, but, you know, but like you said, when we had the conversation about the car, then we, you know, we're frank enough about it. And, you know, and he's willing to say, like, if you ask him about it, how's it going? He'll tell you. But I think sometimes, um, you know, so he, yeah, so he'll tell you, and he likes it when people ask him about it, but not everybody knows, because he's really doesn't want to, like, hey, hi, yeah. you know, this is, <laughs> you know, I'm so-and-so, and I have Stargardts, right? And, and to be fair, I mean, like, the two of you look like the pictures that people put in frames, like, to sell the frames, like, you guys are adorable and super healthy looking, like, you would never look at you or your husband and think that you guys are dealing with something, like, yeah. you both are very successful at what you do, Yeah, I don't think I've met two more driven people in my life. <laughs> And I, I could see where someone would look at him and wouldn't yeah. take the first guess that anything was even remotely wrong. He's no. very good at being great. <laughs> He's very good at being great. He absolutely is. You know, and there's and there's some things that, you know, I love my husband dearly, but he's got one of those over-the-top personalities, right? <laughs> like, you either love him or you hate him. I can't imagine hating him. I adore him. I know. Well, you're in the camp of you love him, right? <laughs> I like big personalities, to be fair. And he's really fun to chat with. He has yeah. stories. Yes. But, I mean, I mean, we literally, we had some guests over one time for dinner. And they asked us, like, you know, in all honesty, you know, he... This guest asked my husband, why are you like this? Right? I'm sorry. to just like, I, no one can see my face right now, but I think my eyebrows went Botox high with that question. Know, oh, wow. Like, right? <laughs> he just like, because my husband is very, um, you know, he's, he's got a lot of self-confidence. Yes. He's a very high self-confident person. He can be, you know, above snarky, right? He just says things to annoy people, <laughs> right? He just likes to stir the pot, right? It's fun to watch. It's so fun. It's so fun. You know, but he's aggressive in business. You know, he's, you know, he's never, he's always all out, right? Mm -hmm. we're, we're pushing hard for our travel adventures. We push hard for our investments. And he's proud of himself and what he's done. Yeah rightfully so and we have this person go why are you like this and my husband's like it's because of who I am and and I I understood that you know as a caretaker as someone who watches someone with an invisible disease I knew what the guest's question really meant mm -hmm. like why do you do all of this why do you take all these risks why do you live so extravagantly why you know i mean why not live extravagantly because you know life is short and you 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 embrace it wholeheartedly and my husband's definitely one of those people that does this and and i looked at him and i said the guest i was like you know my husband is going to be blind in five to ten years mm -hmm. he's not going to be able to work the way he's used to working now he's not going to be able to see the world and we don't know what that's going to look like. So we're living life now. Mm -hmm. We're traveling now so that we can see the world. He can see the world. And we're making investments because we don't know if he's going to be able to work. We don't know. I mean, if, if, if you were told, if you were given 
the blessing of knowing that in 10 years from now, mm -hmm. you're done, right? All your earning power will either diminish or not be the same, or you have no idea how you're going to do it, right? How would you respond? I mean, that would be a gift to know these things, right? Because you'd be like, okay, well, I better travel. I can't wait till I'm 60 to travel around the world. You know, I can't wait till I've got, you know, a million dollars in the bank before I can do blah -de blah You just do it. And, and my guest was just shocked. I still think he doesn't get it. You know, and this is one of those peripheral friends. But I think he had a little bit more understanding. You know, it just there's some people who don't understand the type of risk-taking that my husband's willing to do to have the life that he wants to have. And, um, and as his, I know you call me a caregiver, but <laughs> I, I can consider myself more of a, an enabler, a supporter, you know, um, you know, the backstage runner of all things that makes sure everything moves smoothly so that we can go where we want to go and do what we want to do. And, you know, um, you know, just make the everyday life just kind of happen. And, uh, um, I, I love it. You know, it's hard. It's hard for me sometimes, you know, but then, then there's the days where, you know, I watch, you know, I watch my husband and he's, you know, reading the, um, reading the newspaper on his iPad and he's holding it like two inches from his face. And, and that's when it makes me realize, you know, this is, this is a real thing. And it's probably, his vision is probably worse than he lets on even to himself. And, um, you know, I don't know what our future is going to look like, but I do know that, you know, we're, we're focused on what really matters to us. At times, you know, we forget like everybody else and, you know, but we, <laughs> we try and focus on, you know, travel adventures and, um, you know, making sure that foundationally, financially we're on a good foundation. Um, you know, my husband's doing what he loves. You know, I'm doing what I love, which is, you know, taking care of my family and building community. And I do a lot of self-care, which, you know, if ever I get into a point where I'm like, oh, can't deal with it. <laughs> That's a good sound for I can't deal with it, by the way. That was somewhere in between a growl and a sigh. That really expresses it. <laughs> what self-care do you, do you do? I, um... I love exercise, and so I, I have to exercise. So, unfortunately, you know, I work as a project manager where I'm at, so I schedule all the meetings, so I can easily schedule the meetings around my lunchtime workouts, you know. So, twice a week, I exercise, um, and, you know, what else do I do that's just for me? I read, um, I try and get a lot of sleep, but, you know, menopause. <laughs> not gotten there yet but I think it's one of the cruel jokes that we wait all this time bleeding every month and then like oh no just one more surprise just you know, <laughs> hold on and that's another invisible illness by the way. <laughs> we can have you come back and talk about that because my mother is so frustratingly great at menopause and she's like no it's a breeze honey nothing I'm like not what I've heard <laughs> you are the anomaly to everything <laughs> yeah you know but yeah so it, and so what is it? Um, resentment. So if I, that was the word, if I find the resentment building, then I realize that I haven't been taking care of myself. And 
That's a great way to look at that, by the way. Yeah. Is, like, instead of turning it outward or inward. Well, trust just me. Like, <laughs> trust me, I've had plenty of fights with my husband. Like, Why don't you do the dishes? Gosh darn it. You know, it only takes 10 seconds to put the dish right into the dishwasher. <laughs> just put it in the dishwasher. It doesn't help on the counter. Well, you were in the way. No, just, like, open it up. Put it in. I'm like, <laughs> You know, just something simple like that. But it is nice to see the humanity in that, by the way. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so nice to know, like, even in the middle of the crazy that you can go, okay, wow, I did not take care of myself right now. (laughs) Like, this is the time. Does it really matter? Does it really matter? I'm like, yes, gosh darn it, it matters to me. (laughs) This moment in time. It matters, damn it. I've been in here. I've been cooking and cooking and cleaning and eating. And now I have you know it's just well because you're also not a stay-at-home mom you have a super high level career (laughs) well not as high level my husband keeps like you should go for a director you should go for a director position you're qualified for it i'm like dude you have no idea right i need to be able to come home and do home stuff when i come home and make sure it's moving and you're also one of the most dedicated moms i've ever met (laughs) like you are so amazing thank you with your daughter and providing experiences and yeah, such just, focused time. Yeah, just, you know, reading every night. That's also a bit of a self-care, even though I fight about, go to sleep. <laughs> damn it, go to sleep, you know? But um, it's still a precious time. And I'm, I love, hate holding on to the bedtime routine. <laughs> I just, I'm right there, like, every goddamn night. Every freaking night. Every night. Every night. Every night. I think it's the every that's always the issue. Yeah. With with everything. With marriage. With family. With children. With pets. It's the every. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I think think my first every meltdown was at about three weeks when my daughter was three weeks old. And I just was like, oh my God. This is forever. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. The maniacal laughter is me. I get. <laughs> I get that so much. You know, and, and I think about it, and, you know, and again, to bring it back into the context of my husband, sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, this is forever. <laughs> Wait a minute. That, that was part of those vows. <laughs> you know, Which, by the way, we're sickness and in health. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know. But for my husband, he's like, you know, I'm so glad I'm married now. And I'm, oh. like, <laughs> I'm, like, and I'm like, yeah, and guess what? Because you're going blind. You're not going to see me get older. Yay! Score for the blind person! There's something I hadn't considered like, before. You know, <laughs> I don't have to worry about Botox or facelifts because, you know, you know, as long as I keep my body sort of, you know, Yeah, by the way, just so no one's seeing this wonderful woman's face, I have known her for years. I photographed her for years. She looks younger than I do, which is a little annoying. (laughs) But if she's talking about Botox, you have to understand, she doesn't look a day over, like, 34. Yeah, and I haven't gone there. I'm I'm hitting my late 40s now. (laughs) Yeah. never considered that of things you don't have to worry about or yeah. think about like exactly. no I'm totally dressed up honey no I, I really just like that laundry is on I promise <laughs> it's, it's an upside you know it's an upside you gotta so you count are good at like the shiny little cloud like, I, yeah silver lining silver lining my whole life man like okay what's the upside for this what's the upside for this some, <laughs> some days it's the mantra it's like 
upside, not leaving here until I have my upside. And that thumping <laughs> you hear in the background is my feet tapping yep. as I was <laughs> like, and a very good like lotus pose for a minute there. <laughs> <laughs> so four things that I, I know that there is no cure, no treatment. Is there anything in technology that he's starting to lean on, like audiobooks or like Google walking maps? Like I know with my little watch, oh, it will buzz me to turn he, left. He waits on bated breath for self-driving cars. <gasps> Fuck, me too. Like, yeah. when? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. was so excited that Congress actually got together. Democrats and Republicans, shock of all shocks, and are trying to push this forward. Yeah. yeah. This means so much for all of us invisible so a illness lot people. Of people. A lot of people. Yeah, that's yeah. huge. So, self-driving cars. I mean, even to the point where um, we go back and forth on whether we should do the Tesla because it's got all that self-driving features in it. Yeah. And, um, but you know, a hundred thousand dollars for a car is just, uh, that's, I, I've known a few people with Teslas. I've gotten I, you to know, be in them. They're beautiful, they're beautiful cars, cars, but no I can't, judgment, but like we certainly couldn't even begin to afford it. But even when we were on the fence on like when I was working and we might have afforded, like I just couldn't write that. Like, yeah, no. but we did get the Subaru Outback, which had amazing features that yeah. were super, like it was even expensive for us. But when I was still driving the brakes that would just apply themselves if I wasn't able to were pretty. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. neat. That's neat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so other technologies, I mean, um, I mean, touch screens, yeah. Touch screens. Being able to touch his computer screen and scroll that way. Because for him, he would lose the mouse. The little, the little arrow. I hadn't thought about it. He loses, he loses track of it. He's like, where, where's the damn? <laughs> you know, he'll, yeah. he'll scroll it in and it goes right out of his view, point of view. And, and he just like, where is it? And so he paid extra and got his work computer has a touch screen. Okay. And he can just... That's Microsoft just got a new com- yeah. like desktop that you, is like all touch and you can actually move the monitor everywhere. Yeah, we're not to... He's not to that. He just has a laptop, but it's a touch screen laptop. Very cool. Yeah, and so he can just touch what he wants to see and expand it. And so that's been a technology he has. He did early, early on when he was still going through the first bout of angry um, by a cane, but I forget what the reason was. I think he was going to shove it in somebody's face that he was mad at or something <laughs> that's, like that's that. That's actually kind of a fun part of canes. <laughs> but he's got it folded up and put away. But um, So, you know, and I know people are, is, is he learning Braille? Uh, no. Is he using learning to use a cane? No. Um, like I said, denial is, this is a real heavy factor here. But... You know, he doesn't have a problem, you know, and again, this is where we get back to the the phobia, Mm -hmm. which is the part that we use for focusing to read, you know, in him, it's still pretty well preserved so he can read. It's just the font has to be small. So for him, stuff that's made for um, people who have sighted vision problems, it all comes in this extra large font, which for my husband, he can't. It doesn't fit into his field of view, mm-hmm. you know. So, like children's books or reading to our daughter is very oh, difficult for him. Yeah, very very difficult for him because he has to he has to kind of move his head a lot to get the whole word into view. Oh my goodness! I, wow, things yeah. that you would never think of. Things you would never think of, you know. And the other thing is, is that you know, and, and I, you know, we talked a lot about this between he and I in business, and he has to do a lot of negotiations. So his primary field of view 
is just off-center because that's where the phobia is, it's just off-center. And so for him, if he's looking at you and he's looking over your shoulder, mm -hmm. he's actually, you know, and a lot of people, he's got such um, a lot of, he's got such a strong personality, they just think that's just him being a strong personality. <laughs> and in reality, what he's done is he's actually putting you in his field of view so that he can see your face. So how does that affect, like, his relationships or...? It, you know, for him, it doesn't bother him. Okay. Right? I mean, we've had conversations, you know, and I remind him, like, now remember, when you go into that business meeting, make sure that you look them in the face, right, so that they feel like they're being looked at. Um, and I think he does a pretty good job because, he, you know, he does does well. Um, but I think, like, for people at our church or in social situations, you know, he... He doesn't recognize anybody. I mean, we've had friends that we've hung out with, and if he sees them in out of context, so like some of my lady friends from swim team or something like that, and they're sitting next to him at a restaurant, and they're like, hey, it's me. <laughs> and my husband's like, just shooting, just looking at him going, yeah, I can't do facial recognition. <laughs> You know, Does so, he just say that, or do you say that to them and warn them? So I, I usually go around in the background, and I've, I've helped smoothed a few things over for him. With some neighbors, were like, "Well, he's such a jerk. He never even waves at me." And I'm like, oh. "Dude, he doesn't even see you. Yeah, like, literally, he can't see you, right?" Do you find that some people are like just resistant to understanding that he has this? Um, I think no. Okay. I, I, they're not resistant to understanding. I just think that, you know, like, they they understand it on a cognitive level. Okay, his vision's going. But in the day-to-day -day interactions, they don't think about it. You know, subtle things like, you know, my husband will be hosting at a party and he goes to pour wine and, you know, he'll miss the glass. So usually I bring my glass right up to the edge of the bottle ah. and let him pour it into that. And that helps him not spill everywhere, you know, so little subtle things that, you know, you wouldn't know otherwise. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's, that's like a little coping mechanism, you know, and for, you know, some friends who, you know, just thought my husband was just like uber arrogant, <laughs> which he has a lot of self-confidence and he's a big personality <laughs> yes and there is true I have to admit I was intimidated by him the first few times I met him I, I like him so much I never did not not like him but I was a little intimidated <laughs> he's very smart yeah see he is it's fun <laughs> but you know but you have to kind of like say some some of the people who we see on a regular basis I'm like look he can't recognize me in, in a crowd mm -hmm. he can't recognize me in a crowd Right? He can't find me. He can't recognize faces. You know, just when you approach him, say, hi, it's Natalie here. Mm. Right? And then that helps him. So that brings up a question for me just off the cuff is, how does that affect for him to watch your daughter in crowds, like at a big playground? Or is that something that he can still do with trying well, to like find her quickly? Yeah, you know, she's very conscientious. And she comes back. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. And she's and, at the age of reason, which is nice. Yeah. She's at the age of reason where, you know, daddy has a hard time seeing you, you know, and we've, we've always in crowds, like if we go to Disneyland or anything like that, you know, she's, 
she's pretty darn sweet and she gets overwhelmed quite easily so she's usually pretty close to us mm -hmm. but we've always taught her you know if you lose sight of us in the crowd stop <laughs> that's a good advice just stop don't move just stop because we're probably two people away mm -hmm. we'll realize you're not there and we'll come back and get you right so don't move right just stop <laughs> that's the best thing you can do in a crowd if you lose your kid at disneyland right it's just have them stop and um and stay right there and and we've it's always worked you know and it's never been a problem like i was terrified when she was 23 months we went for three weeks to france and italy and i was worried like i'd be in paris and she'd run off and you know we'd be in rome and she'd run off and you know because i know some kids are like that you mm -hmm. know i'm like I had my leashes ready. <laughs> I had my, you know, and back at the time, they don't they don't have, like, all the apps and stuff that they have now. Yeah. You had to put this little teddy bear that screeches, you know, when you push the button. and That sounds horrible. Yeah. Like Speak you, to a you, screaming you, teddy bear. You, 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 you strap it onto their shoe, and they screech away, and when you press the button, like, bah, 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 and, and, Oh, uh, my goodness. And I brought that, and, you know, fortunately, she just wanted us to carry her. That makes it so much easier. <laughs> so much easier. It means that, you know, I have to be strong enough to carry a 40-pound child or a 50-pound yeah. child or a 60-pound child. And now she's... But you love exercise. So. I do. I do. You know what? Honestly, and some of those CrossFit workouts that I do, I, I that was my motivation for the heavy carry is like, this is my daughter mm -hmm. and I'm carrying her 100 yards. You know, this is what I got to do. And I was able to keep up with her until this year. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I can see that. <laughs> so you do CrossFit. That's that's extreme. Do you feel like it's, like, that's some um, powerhouse moves. Is that good for getting aggression or yeah, stress? It, it's, it's good with the stress. You know, it's good for me to feel strong in some areas. You know, just, you know, when you have a strong personality you're working out with, you know, when, you, when you're living with, then it's good to have some other areas where you feel strong. So I, I just I just do it because it's fun. I, you know, honestly, I got started in it because of the, the convenience of, of the workout because it was close to my office and it was at lunchtime and, and I went and I didn't actually like all the strongman moves, but I just kept going because I needed it and, um, and it helped keep me calm. And, um, and then I started liking it. And, and it was, I, I consider it PE because the f stuff that I like are like the monkey bars and the climbing the rope. Oh, and fun. Yeah, it's play. It's play. You know, it's like I go, I, it's off to recess. <laughs> I got to go do recess. I'll be back, you know. But um, so that's, that's just part of the fun of it, you know. Um, but as far as any more caregiving, is there anything else that? Yeah, like, um, are there questions that you hope? that you would want someone to ask you about being a caregiver? Is there anything you wish people would ask you about your day or your life? Um, well, I know that, you know, and, and I have to get better at this, is that I, I do have a, a large load of stuff at home that I do. And, you know, part of it is because my husband's a workaholic. And part of it is because, you know, when he cooks in the kitchen, he makes a huge mess. <laughs> Hence the dishwasher conversation. Hence the dishwasher. Well, he likes to, yeah, so question, he likes to sprinkle the salt and it just goes everywhere. And he's like, well, I'm just making sure it gets on it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. 
it's just gonna get more like this so I gotta pick more of a chill pill so I guess um, I don't know what I would want people to ask me I think I think as I think for both my husband and I it's sometimes it's more of an interest in the in the disease okay you know like you know what is this <clears throat> what does it mean you know, what can I do to help? Foundation Fighting Blindness, FFB. I'm going to put links to everything yeah. you talked about in there. They're amazing. And um, and I know there's everybody's got their little pet thing, so if it's not your thing, it's ours. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all good. Um, you know, so that's what we do. And, you know, that's, I mean, what does it mean? You know, having this conversation was so meaningful to me. I was like, wow, somebody <laughs> wants to know what my perspective is? You know, and... And I think about it, and we're we're in a good spot now where we're past the whole, we just found out about this, holy moly, what's, how's this changing our life, and what's this going to mean? And we're kind of in a sweet spot where, you know, we haven't experienced another level of reduction in independence, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but a storm's coming. <clears throat> and how'd you handle this first storm as a couple going through that first round of this is the diagnosis there isn't anything we can do about it how did you guys work through this together uh well we almost got divorced but (laughs) (laughs) did not know that (laughs) well there was a whole bunch of extenuating circumstances and um and my husband had went there was a whole bunch of things this was just kind of the the one of a piece of a big puzzle that was going on at the time he was in a in an argument with his business partner mm-hmm. over it and you know my husband was just really trying to push to make his first business a success for him because you know he has you know he has this vision loss that you yeah. don't know what it's going to look like and so he doesn't know and 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 there was a lot of not good understanding from the business partners and so that stressed him out and you know what is this going to look like and there was a lot of fighting and there was a lot of anger on his part and um it was really really hard a lot of things fell on my shoulders and it was a it was a really tough time and um and then he this is this is like this was kind of the lowest low point but I just it's hilarious. My husband got into a fist fight with one of those self-checkout machines. <laughs> okay, I've almost done that. Yes. Those things are evil. Evil, evil. And for someone who's visually impaired and it freezes up, yes, it's impossible for him to figure out what the hell's going on. And he was having a rough day and he just punched the damn thing. And unfortunately, again, because of his vision, he did not realize that there was a police officer self-checking out right behind no! him. And the manager was like, he just busted a big machine. It's a $45,000 machine. And so they arrested him. Oh, my God. (laughs) I I actually want to shake his hand over this because I've been with those self-checkout machines. And it has never come to blows. But it's been... That's mostly because I dislocate my wrist if I try to punch it. But (laughs) they're horrible. (laughs) But I think it's just hilarious because we've all wanted to punch the damn machine. We all wanted to do it. So close. So close. My (laughs) husband did it. It was rad. It was awful (laughs) at the time, but it was rad. You know, it's just like the one of the funniest stories. I mean, you know, I'm like, okay, 
So I that happened. So that happened. <laughs> How do I bail someone out of jail? I mean, like... You have learned new skills. I have new skills all the time. It's just like... Anyways, by the time he got home that night, I'm like, okay, <laughs> we're going to have to do something differently now. You either pick your business partner or you pick me. And yeah, the business partner is gone, so I yeah. think he chose wisely. He chose so wisely. wisely. I mean, you are fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. So you've been through this. Yes. What would you say as advice for anyone who's just gotten a diagnosis and is in the middle of a marriage and trying to figure out how to handle these first few months. Uh, is there anything you see in retrospect that you're like, huh, that could have been different or I well, wish I had done this for myself or, you know, I think you have to really kind of figure out what type you have to go through the grief process. You know, you have to recognize that this is another grief the thing that causes grief in your life, the map that you had of your life and what it was supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to grieve that loss. Oh God, yes. You <laughs> have to grieve that loss and you have to give your space to have that, you know, and there are plenty of books out there about how to grieve. So, um, get a good one. And, <laughs> you know, maybe there's one out there for illness and grief, but, um, so oh, I think you should write that one. <laughs> You know, so you have to combine that, like whatever you thought, and and then prioritize what's important to you. I mean, really, don't don't let life walk over you, right? Just like what's important to me. What do I want to have happen? And if if it's at all possible, maybe you can do one of those things, right? Wow. <laughs> I think that there's so much resource for people who are sick and they're grieving what their life is supposed to be. Yeah. But I don't think there's enough for caregivers on what you thought your life was going to look like. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I take my wedding vows seriously in sickness and in health. Yeah. You know, you know, and for me, I, I don't know what the future holds right now. You know, I feel like my marriage was a, is a gift. It's a struggle, but it's also, you know, something that I I had that I had given up on. And now I have, you know, the family of my dreams. And, um, and I know that <clears throat> sometimes I think about what the future looks like and what the next level of debilitation could bring to our family. Like, what is it going to be when my husband can't drive? And I, I practice a bit of denial about it, too. Fair. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, okay, that's right. So when we do these things and, you know, and we just kind of like, well, maybe when my daughter's 16, then <laughs> she can start driving him around and have that computer part of her job, you know, maybe. That's some good father-daughter bonding time, yes. too. Yes. Well, and know, he won't be able to see what is going to scare him. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know what? My, you know, he, my husband's an excellent, you know, he's already got this mapped out. Honestly, awesome. You know, because he loves to ski. And he's a superb skier. Like, dude lived on a mountain and <laughs> every weekend through his like late childhood, through his teen years. And this man likes to do the off-piste, right? He's one of those dudes that like climbs up over the edge and says, this, 
this looks good enough. I'll drop down yeah. into this. And I'm just like, see you at the lobby. <laughs> I'll be the one by the fireplace yeah. with the cocoa. <laughs> I'm like, I'm done. No, actually, I'm actually a pretty good skier, but I don't do that. But we will, he wants... He's a serious badass. Like, he's a badass does not surprise mountain. me at all. He's a badass on the mountain, man. And we, he's trying to, to cultivate our daughter so that he could be his guide. Hmm. You know, because he's got, you know, you know, this kind of one of the things is like when you're at a certain level with some of these things, you've got to have someone who's yeah, at your level. And so, so there's a few things that, you know, that looking into the future, I'm like, okay, you know, what's the next level of debilitation? You know, I'm not really sure. I mean, I do, I'm a primary driver. Mm-hmm. Um, when my husband doesn't have to, you know, he'll drive to work and back and he tries not, you know, and he drives in familiar places but beyond that he really is uncomfortable with it and you know he's self-aware enough that he's willing to admit it okay you know and he you know fantasizes about living in a city like london or rome or paris or where you know the public transportation is amazing yeah i mean just for anyone listening we live here in the bay area and you live in in yeah, the area where there is absolutely zero public transportation, well, except there's like there's a an, bus. There's an ancient train that travels once a, once an hour. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. The transportation here in Northern California is it, it, it's primeval. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and we've had conversations about like what does our home look like, and we have to always be in a high walkability house. Yeah, right. Like, oh yeah, wouldn't it be great to, you know be successful and get one of those fancy houses out in the boondocks and my husband's like that would be like a jail sentence for me because mm-hmm. I would be so housebound it would be ridiculous yeah. I'd be able to not go anywhere so you know we have to stay walkable I mean and these are kind of like the conversations that we have now that we think about in the future and <clears throat> you know for me the biggest thing that I when I think about it and I get concerned about is, is I don't want my husband to lose his joy for life yeah like if he just gives up and sits on the sofa I think that would break my heart too he is so full of life he's so full of life (laughs) but there was a there was a spot of that at the beginning when he was um when he was diagnosed and there was some of that and that was that was hard that was all part of that whole you know smashing the 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 (laughs) self-touch screen and everything and you know, it was all kind of in those that year or two of trauma, and and there was some of that, and uh, yeah, I I don't know what that's going to look like as it gets more and more debilitating for him. And I don't think he does either, and I think we'll take it one step at a time. You know, I hope we can just keep being in denial and just kind of shift <laughs> around. You know, shift our expectations. I'm like, okay, so we, you know don't do this and we'll do that right and just keep finding ways to move around it be like water always finding a path that's a beautiful way to phrase that so that's yeah so that's that's that would be my biggest fear that I've not even uttered out loud to my husband ever is that I just I don't want him sitting on the sofa and withdrawing and not being engaged in anything that would yeah, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why yours such 
you know, you're a heroine. A her- you know, just- <laughs> I did not pay her to say this. <laughs> no, you did not. But I like I I follow you because you went from being this amazing, gorgeous photographer, gorgeous, something you loved and were so good at, and you still are. It's just it's not very kind to your body, and yeah. you've transitioned into other you just you just have this creative drive in you and you just force yourself into this podcast yeah to express your your creativity into your drawings into your books <laughs> and and you know and you know that's an inspiration too my mom calls me uh, I don't remember the name of the dolls but they're these dolls that you would hit and they'd fall down but they come right back up again <laughs> yeah yeah no it's I, it's just, it's, it's amazing, you know, you just have to be like water. Water always finds its path. Always. I'm going to, see, I go with, like, the mean way of, um, the only way to get through hell is to go straight through it. <laughs> it's like my mantra, but I'm going to shift it over to water finds its path. Yeah. Much prettier and nicer way to breathe. Yeah, I mean, it's still, I mean, water still goes through some pretty hellish places. It, it certainly does. <laughs> you know, you know, but the nice thing about water is, is it, you know, it changes it reforms and it comes back <laughs> and it finds its path, you know? So we've come to the end of our discussion yeah. and I'm going to ask you a question. You don't have to answer it, okay. but I've never heard you swear. Okay. So my question is because I swear all the time, especially on this podcast, this is the least amount I've sworn on a podcast. <laughs> Do you have a favorite swear word? <laughs> I was thinking about this because I've been following all of yours. I'm like, well, which ones do I use? Which is hilarious because my husband I'm married to is an oopsie daisy, gosh darn it, golly she whiz guy, and it must I be, it must uh, be the caregiver gene, right? It um, might be because I am like a walking HBO episode. Um, I you know probably shit. Yeah, yeah. I can't quite <laughs> go as far as you know. The one that is your favorite. Yes, um, yes, I do have a personal favorite one that you can yeah, listen to. And you have to listen today. to the other podcast to get that. And next week's podcast as well, yes. Okay, but <laughs> mine, I think, is shit. Yeah. Excellent. Thank yeah. you so much for talking to me and being my first caregiver interview. <laughs> yes. I love you so much. I love Thank you, you. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Invisible Not Broken. We are up to 55 five star reviews this week. And Thank you so much, Ms. Mosier, who says, Although I can never truly understand what the daily experience is like, I am grateful to hear the voices and stories of people who have invisible illness. It has brought me more awareness to my world, and that is something I always value. I hope that more people will listen and understand this is a real thing, and we need to actually take invisible illness seriously. Thank you for all you do to make the world better for everyone. Thank you so much. That is exactly what this podcast is about. You are so wonderful for leaving that feedback. Please re- leave a review and share the podcast with your community. Okay, so next week is a panel talk with my co-host, Kiros. It's going to be called Everything You Wanted to Know About Sex, Relationships, and Chronic Illness But Were Afraid to Ask. Um, Mom, maybe don't listen to this one, okay? Tweet or message us your questions that you would like answered. Until next week, be kind, be gentle, and be a badass.